Sunday, April 23rd here from Norton, Massachusetts, and another full-length episode here on the Wheaton Watch. I'm Jackson Walsh. As always, thanks for listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Had our first special feature last week with Kat Foster, the junior from Wheaton Women's Swim and Wheaton Women's Tennis, but now back with another full-length episode here as we come to the end of April. As I just said, it's the 23rd, and this is a time where we've had a couple regular seasons end already for some of the teams across campus. You know, other teams like baseball and softball still have a little bit of way to go, but get right into it. One of the teams who regular season came to an end, and that's men's lacrosse. They wrap up the regular season at 6-10, and 10, and they took home a win over their last week of play. Wednesday, it was senior day on the turf. Faced off against New England College coming down from Henniker, New Hampshire, and they won big. 15-6 win for the Lions on Wednesday afternoon. And an explosion from Robert Sullivan. He had six goals to lead the way for Wheaton. The attacker then... Helping him out with those goals, Mike McLaughlin, the sophomore, chipped in with three assists in net. John Drew, the sophomore goalkeeper, had five saves. So that's, again, 15-6 win for the Lions over to Wingle College that day. And then fell to Babson yesterday, Saturday, on the road up in Wellesley, 25-8. Absent one of the top teams in the nation, so that was a very tough game going into it. Um, we had four players, all with two goals apiece. Charlie Racine, two goals. Uh, along with him, it was Mike McLaughlin. He had two. A couple more players. Jack Board, the sophomore, also getting on it with two goals. And lastly, the last player with two goals, the junior captain, Shane Ross. Once again, 25-8 loss in that one for men's lacrosse to conclude the regular season. Tough April and March for this squad. Got off to a hot start, but it's kind of an injury-plague season for this team. And they still have a lot of young talent, so next year is going to be special for this squad. I'm going to bring in some good new players, what I've heard so far. Still getting a bulk of their talent back, and as I just said, just battling injury this season. A lot of guys banged up. So it was a tough year for them, but next year should be brighter days ahead for Wheaton men's lacrosse. Move on to women's lacrosse now. They're not quite wrapped up with their regular season, but they're pretty close. They'll have one more game at Emerson Wednesday night. They're coming off winning two of their last three games. Throw it back to last Saturday, April 15th. That was senior day. They hosted Mount Holyoke, and that was a win in big fashion. 20-2 over Mount Holyoke. And Kilburn notched her 100th career point in that game. Jesse Kilburn out of North Brantford, Connecticut. That's a pretty impressive mark, considering not having a full season and battling injury throughout times. Just really special to see that she had three goals on the day as well to get to that 100 career point mark. Brooke Harvey also had three goals and 
Lara Finney, former guest on the show, also had three goals in the contest as well in a huge 20-2 win over Mount Holyoke. So that improved them to 3-3 three and three in New Mac play. Then they fell below 500 when they hosted MIT this past Wednesday night. Lost that game 22-9. to nine. Three goals in that game for Lara Finney as well. And then Avonlea LeBeau, the junior, also had three. And Jesse Kilburn chipped in with two assists in the loss to the Engineers. And then this was a huge win for them on the road out west yesterday at Springfield. 14-12, to a bit of an upset over the Springfield College Pride. That was a huge one. And Avonlea LeBeau leading the way yet again in that game she had four goals and then coming up big in net two in the late stages of the game the senior goalkeeper Emily Ungian had 19 saves and that is huge Springfield three goals in the first quarter four in the second four in the third and then the fourth quarter was the deciding factor Springfield one goal we in two so they went in to that fourth quarter with a one goal lead and just a little bit of insurance there to get that two goal win over Springfield. So now we'll look at the bigger picture and it looks really good for Wheaton right now because the top six teams for New Mac women's lacrosse make it into the playoffs and they're in six right now with one game to go. And right behind them is Wellesley. So Wheaton's at four and four in the conference. Wellesley right behind them. They're in seventh at three and five. But when you look ahead to the next game, Wheaton's playing 1-6 Emerson. So, I mean, you can't say anything's guaranteed, but Wheaton's favorite in that game. And Wellesley is going to have a tough one because that one game they have left is against MIT, the top team in the conference, at 8-0. Could even look farther ahead than that right now. I think, well, now I'm realizing this, I think Wheaton's a lock for the playoffs regardless, even considering those... Um, really tough scenarios where Wheaton would lose and Wellesley would win. If you go back, everybody just plays each other once. So if Wheaton were to lose and Wellesley were to win, that would put each of them at four and five to finish the conference. Um, and then going back in their schedule, March 25th, Wheaton 23, Wellesley six, so I'm assuming like pretty safe to assume that that tiebreaker is going to be head to head. So Wheaton has that. So I believe Wheaton is locked in for that six seed in the playoffs. And being that six seed, it looks like Smith's ahead of them at five and three. So what is it going to take to catch Smith? That's the question. They'll have Babson coming up, so that's going to be a tough game for Smith. Babson second in the conference at 7-1, and one, only losing to MIT. So it looks like it's going to be the sixth seed for Wheaton Women's Lacrosse. And with that sixth seed, they'll be facing off against the three seed in the quarterfinal this upcoming Saturday. And it's looking like the three seed right now is going to be Coast Guard or Springfield. So next Saturday, six versus three seed is the most likely scenario for Wheaton women's lacrosse as 
They march into the postseason for the second year in a row. Two more teams whose seasons came to a close uh, over this past weekend and week were men's tennis and women's tennis. On the women's side, though, they end their season on a two-game winning streak on Thursday, 7-2 win over UMass Boston at home. And then on Saturday, yesterday, also on the Clark tennis courts, well, this could be a little confusing. Clark tennis courts are the name of Wheaton's courts. They beat Clark University on the Clark tennis courts. So that's a home meet, 9 to nothing. Home match, I should say. Excuse me. Um, pretty good showing over this last week, especially for a very young team. All good performances and wins across the board for everybody. Mariki Mueller, Kara Greenlee, Alyssa Ortiz, Izzy Cruz, Zoe West, Haley Dorian, and Kat Foster all getting it done and coming away with wins for women's tennis in that 9 nothing route over Clark to end the regular season. Men's team wrapped up this past week as well. They had their last meet um, quite a bit ago, actually. It was 10, ga- 10 days ago. So their regular season ending well before the women's. They ended it at home as well, a 9 nothing win over UMass Boston. And that was senior day, and they'll be... Graduating a good chunk of their team. Give them all a shout out right here. Josh Anschewitz, Gabe Fellows, John Larink, excuse me, Jack Larink, Albert Ortega Campos, Chris Register. Congratulations to all of them on a fantastic career. Especially another shout out here to Gabe Fellows. Just like that um Cat Foster story, if you heard on the podcast last week. He's also a two sport athlete and only playing tennis for this past season, a four-year member of the Wheaton soccer team, the senior out of Middletown, Rhode Island. So very impressive stuff for him as well, handling two sports at the collegiate level. Certainly not an easy thing, but, I mean, he conquered that pretty well. So congratulations yet again, all the seniors on the tennis team for their hard work and dedication, and really good to see them going out with that shutout win to end their careers, especially on the home court. That's just something you love to see. Now turn it over to Wheaton Baseball, who's the hottest team on campus right now, and we slash they have been all year. Ranked 15th in the nation this week, both on Division3Baseball.com and the College Baseball Newspaper. Um, did not go perfect on this week, though, as they did last week. Wheaton Baseball fell to Coast Guard at home on Tuesday, 8-6 to six on, uh, at Sinel Stadium. Went in with a lead in the late stages, and then Coast Guard over the 8th and ninth inning, combining for three home runs as a team, and that was the difference maker to put the Bears on top. But Wheaton bounced right back, though. A weekend sweep of the in-conference opponent, Emerson, 11-3 on Friday, 6-2 on Saturday, and 13-5 on Game 2 Saturday for that sweep of Emerson, as I said. So right now, sitting at 27-5 overall, 12-1 in Numac play. 
Ryan McCarroll got the win on the mound Friday. Zach Kalisis game one Saturday went on the mound, and Liam Goldthwaite on Saturday game two taking the win. Also an impressive note from Saturday, a 10 RBI performance over the two games for Kevin Brady. So those 10 RBIs put him at the top of the leaderboard for the entire country in RBIs. 60 RBIs for Kevin Brady, still with uh, seven games to go. He's already had 60 RBIs and uh, I believe it's just a couple off of the all-time season record for the school, and that is something else for the senior shortstop at a Sheffield Mass. Uh, hopefully we'll get him on the show before the year ends and before he moves on to continue his baseball career. Um, upcoming a uh, six-game week up ahead for Wheaton Baseball. Tuesday at Coast Guard trying to avenge the loss. Thursday at home versus Trinity. That game was originally supposed to be today, but a washout. And then a weekend series with their conference rival, Babson. They'll be home Friday, doubleheader on the road in Wellesley Saturday. And then on the road against Sunday down in Bristol, Rhode Island at Roger Williams. It'll be a 1 o'clock start on that Sunday game. Yes, this team's rolling right now, 27-5. and five. It's been fun to be a part of, but job's not done yet. Still wells away from where this team wants to be. Just absolutely putting up in crazy numbers across the board right now. 306 batting as a team, 412 on base percentage. The team ERA is below four, which is just crazy to think about. That is what is going to win you games and just been across the board guys powering this team to wins in any way possible at the plate AJ Ginzen and Kevin Brady hitting over 400 Ryan McCarroll best ERA in the conference a 127 Zach Kalisis getting the job done as always yesterday he's been fantastic just everything is clicking for this team and very good place to say the least for this team right now a lot better than what many expected, definitely to, um, definitely safe to say. A lot of preseason predictions on this team were going to be down from where they were last year. Lost a lot of talent to the Division One level, but actually, record-wise, doing better than they were last year. So, hopefully continues here. Seven more games to go, one more big week. See what Wheaton Baseball can do going into the new MAC playoffs. Wheaton softball also in a very good place as well. Overall, 20-12, and 8-6 in the new MAC. They played a pretty busy schedule this week. Um, three doubleheaders. First one was on Tuesday. It was the only home doubleheader. They hosted Leslie as they came down from Cambridge. And both of these games were mercy rules, 19 to nothing in the first game, 10 to nothing in the second. And then they actually went up to Cambridge Friday. Not facing Leslie, though, it was a Numac doubleheader. Game one at MIT on Friday afternoon. They went to extras, eight innings, but fell to the engineers, five to four. Very tough game to lose, especially. 
just was such a good opponent too and a bit of a comeback from MIT to do so. They scored three in the bottom of the sixth and then the lone run to win it in the bottom of the eighth. Lost game two as well, MIT seven, Wheaton three. Um, just tough to get swept in a doubleheader in conference. It's going to happen though sometimes and this team's resilient and then they've showed it throughout last season and this season. They're always going to be okay. Um, and they bounced back the next day. Didn't at first. Had a doubleheader in Boston at Emerson. Lost in the first game 10-5. to Then in the second game, it was all Wheaton 9-0 to get back in the W column. Still two games above 500, 8-6 in the conference. And they're a dangerous postseason team because what is going to get you in a good run in the postseason is just dynamic players. They have that Lindsey Oliveira, one of the best hitters in the conference. Sophia Knopf, one of the best pitchers in the conference. Amber Arcan has also spun the ball really well in the circle lately. The first-year pitcher has been huge for this team. And then you just have those other role players that are going to show up and get it done, like catcher Jillian Setia hit a walk-off against Johnson and Wales. Um, not this week, but the one prior. Allison Weston's going to get the job done for you. And then players like Grace Tabaco and Jill Rohan are always going to be there, do what they need to do, and help you win ball games. So they're in fifth right now in the new MAC. Um, don't have a ton of regular season left, but still a good chunk of it. They have six games to play, and same um, kind of style as they did this past week. Doubleheader Tuesday, doubleheader Friday, and a doubleheader Saturday. They're hosting Emanuel Tuesday, hosting Coast Guard Friday, and they'll be on the road at Springfield Saturday, who's currently number two in the conference. So they're in fifth in the new Mac Wheaton is, and six teams get in. So I'm sure they would take that position certainly with six games to go. And barring something unpredictable, it looks like they'll be in the new Mac playoffs yet again, just like they were last year. So just need a last solid week to finish it out. And I'm pretty sure they will. This team, I've just said it before. It's just, they bounce back. Well, they play good softball and getting that second win against Emerson was huge for them too. That was just big to not get swept back to back double headers, especially against Emerson, who's below them at 3-11 and in the conference. Right behind them, though, currently holding that sixth seed is Babson at 7-7, seven and seven, and then Wellesley just out of the playoff picture at 4-8. and eight. So it looks like that top six will hold. MIT in first, 13-1, then at 10-4. and four. Tied for second place, three teams, Springfield, Coast Guard, and WPI, and then Wheaton at 8-6, and six, with Babson right behind them holding that last place spot in the playoff race coming down to the last week. Men's and women's track and field competing yet again, this time their last regular season meet for the outdoor season. Postseason meets coming up and there's going to be a ton of them on the way. Um, this one though, the Trinity Invitational down in Hartford, all going on yesterday, men and women competing in that just 
like I said, it'll be their last meet before the NUMAC Outdoor Championships, which will be held next Saturday and next Sunday at MIT. So, get to the action, but it's just so crazy to think about all the postseason meets coming up. The New England D3s, the NEI, CAAs, just a lot going on for track and field. It's just such a busy sport, and it's probably best that way. Just go out there, compete every weekend, go get new times. There's so many opportunities to PR, and that's what a lot of runners have been doing. Um, down at Trinity, Jordan Penix, Calvin Peterson, and Matt Cahill all had New England qualifying times. You've heard those names before. And then a good showing from the 4x100 relay team. Justin Hart, Anthony Almas, G.J. Mawallis, and Peterson took first place, and they got a season-best time of 42.53 seconds. Matt Daly finished sixth in the 800, and Ricardo Goncalves placed eighth with a time of just over 17 seconds in the 110-meter circles. Uh, hurdles, excuse me. Um, then in throwing, Joe Moses, Kyle Monfredo, the two top dogs in that, all in the top six in the hammer throw and the weight throw, the shot put, I should say. So very good showings from them. They've been very consistent all season for the men on the throwing side of things. So last good little tune up here down at Trinity before going in to the postseason, uh, the new Mac championships, I should say it's going to be the start of a pretty lengthy postseason. And hopefully if somebody goes all the way here on the postseason, either in the men's or the women's side, they'll be going all the way up to May 18th. Well, that's actually the national qualifying meet, excuse me, May 25th. The Outdoor Championship, St. John Fisher hosting those this year. Um, ho- um, hopefully teams are back at MIT two times too because looking at the schedule here, it's going to be the NUMAC Championships this upcoming weekend and then on May 18th, it's going to be a national qualifying meet. So last chance to kind of get those times in to hopefully qualify. We'll be back at MIT. So hopefully we see some runners there, but there'll still be a couple of meets in between New Max and the national qualifying meet. On the women's side, Amanda Castaldi was the highlight of the day. She got the 39th fastest time in all of Division Three in the 110-meter hurdles. She finished second in that. Skylar Wise also having a New England qualifying time. Uh, she was the runner-up in the 200 with a time just under 26 seconds. Lily McDowell had two New England qualifying marks. She had a personal best um, in discus of 35.69 meters. And then the hammer throw had a heave of 41.76 meters to place fifth. Her teammate, Annika Wagner, also had a qualifying time in the hammer throw. uh, Not time, excuse me. Qualifying distance in the hammer throw with 42.41 meters. Uh, 4x100-meter relay team won the event behind Emily Zielinski, Wise, Castaldi, and Mashina Loriston. So Wise and Castaldi having a very busy day all over the place, helping out themselves and helping out the team 
Lorston, six in the 200 meters. And then first year, Jazz Vanderhoof, the distance runner, she had a PR time of 19 minutes, 23 seconds in the 5,000. Yet again, a very busy week in men's and women's track and field as they head in to the NUMAC Championships next weekend up at MIT. So good luck to them. So that was your rundown on Wheaton Sports, what's going on over the past couple of weeks and what's to come for some of the teams that still have their seasons going on. Um, With that, the episode is not yet over, though. Coming up next here on the Wheaton Watch, we'll have two guests with me for a bit of a sit-down and talk about what's going on. They are current athletes and should be a pretty fun interview, so... That's coming up right here on the Wheaton Watch. My special guest this week on the Wheaton Watch, as I was just talking about, both sophomores from Wheaton Softball. It's Jill Rohan and Grace Tobacco, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. All right, in a pretty good spot right now, 20 and 12, 8 and 6 in the conference. Can't complain about that. But before we get to any uh, Wheaton Softball stuff right now. Let's first talk a little about um, yourselves, you know, where you came from, where you grew up, what it was like there. I'll start with you, Jill. Uh, I'm from Southington, Connecticut. Um, I grew up with softball my entire life. I started in probably first grade, um, did rec league all throughout, and then, you know, eventually made my way to travel teams, and I played all the way up until I was a senior in college, and I was committed to Wheaton. All right, turn over to Grace. Yeah, I also started playing very young. I am actually from New York, upstate New York to be more specific. Um, I've grown up in a really athletic family, so I've been around sports my whole life. I played rec, travel, all throughout high school, and I'm very glad to continue my career here at Wheaton. Did you guys play, um, you just said you grew up around sports. Did you play any other sports growing up? I did basketball for a while, but I really loved softball. So I kind of focused all my attention there. And how about you, Joe? Was it just softball or other stuff mixed in? It was mostly softball my whole life. I played field hockey just four years in high school. We didn't have a rec program for anything, so I kind of just played it for fun. But softball was my main sport. Yep, gotcha. And then when did you guys kind of hit that age where you realized that you think you wanted to play college softball? Was it playing travel, anything like that? Yeah, for me, it probably was my sophomore year of high school, but it was mostly through travel ball. I had a really great travel ball coach who's, you know, who knows who knows our coach now really well. And um, that's how, ultimately how I ended up here. But he really pushed me to start, you know, the recruitment process and really start the idea of playing at a higher level. I had a similar experience. I had a travel ball coach who was amazing and she pushed me to do my very best. And my parents were very supportive and pushed me towards academics as well as athletics, which brought me to Wheaton. And do you guys remember kind of the exact time frame of when the recruiting process kind of kicked off for you guys and you started seeing college coaches coming to games, whether that's high school or travel ball? Yeah, it probably had to be about junior year, especially for me when I was looking at a lot of D3 schools, junior year, senior year is when it really starts to kick off. So I'd say probably summer of junior year, summer of senior is when, you know, you go to your showcases, your recruitment process really kicks off, and that's when college coaches come to start to see you. I'd say the same thing, although we had COVID, so I had a lot of Zoom meetings, um, didn't get a, a lot of chances to tour a lot of schools, did a lot of virtual tours, spoke to a lot of people and players um, online. But that's really how it went for me. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, too, and ask, because I'm obviously the same age as you guys. That was such a big impact in the recruiting process. It just kind of screwed everything up, to say the least. 
Um, when did you guys kind of realize that Wheaton was the one over some of the other options? It probably was the end of the summer before my senior year of high school, and I was really trying to narrow down my list of colleges, and I ultimately just had a, like a list of things that I wanted checked off, and Wheaton really hit all of my boxes. You know, I loved, I got to visit the college, and it just, I really loved everything about it, so. No, that's actually great to hear. I was probably the last recruit um, out of our class. I spent a little longer looking at some other schools, but ultimately it was around, uh, fall or winter and I really kept talking to our coach she was great she made the environment seem so inviting and the players were great and I loved Wheaton enough as an academic school and I committed at the end of the winter probably so that was my time when did you commit Jill was it around that same time it probably was either September or October of that okay. year all right yeah pretty typical fall winter get all those answers a lot now jump ahead fall of 2021 last year what was you guys have fall ball just like us for baseball what was kind of the um, biggest changes you guys realized and adjustments you had to make playing at the college level now uh quite honestly everything was just faster and more intense and everything had to be done you know Yes, you're allowed to make mistakes, but to a certain extent, there's a certain level that's expected of you. And I think for some people, that's a lot of pressure that's put on them. But I think as a whole, we were pretty good about realizing that, you know, at least our class, we're all in the same situation and we all just wanted what was best for ourselves and each other. Yeah, it's definitely a lot to take on, especially with the older girls. You're really trying your best to um, show them that you deserve to be here, show coach that she made a good choice. I think it really does help when you have a good group of people you're coming in with. Um, our class specifically had mostly outfielders, and we were coming into a brand new outfield, so we were all going to kind of get a chance to play. And I think that really helped us get closer, and it made the transition a lot easier. And you guys um, both made impacts on the team last year as first years, a team that had a pretty good season, to say the least. What was the overall summer you guys for after your first year of college softball? I think that you learn a lot your first year, you know, good or bad, and you'll, you'll need to make some adjustments. But I think, like Grace said, as long as you have that group of people who are willing to work with you and help you reach your best potential, then that's what's going to make a team succeed. And that's what helped us be so successful last year. No, exactly. I mean, the first year is a year of growth. I mean, we had the opportunity to play, which is not always um, the case for a lot of freshmen. I think we were very lucky, but we definitely worked hard for it. So. I think it just showed us that hard work really is going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, and that's big, too, because that's playing time for both of you on an above-average team. Had pretty good end of the season, made a little run in the new MAC playoffs. I mean, um, it was fun to watch and just hear about it. I mean, I didn't get to go to a ton of games because we have the conflicting schedules. But um, And then, so last year ends, going into this year, no seniors on this year's team. That's kind of crazy to think about for any team. Guys are just sophomores now, but do you come into this year with kind of sort of sense of maybe you're a little higher up there just because there's no seniors? What what was the mindset coming into this whole calendar year, fall ball and this year included? I mean, it was really harped on the fact that we had no fourth-year player by our coach, but she really gave us the mentality of who cares, you know, what difference does that make, you know? You've got two classes who have already played at least a season now, at least almost a full season, and now you've got a new really talented freshman class coming in. So what difference does it make that there's no fourth-year player? Yep. I also think that because we have no fourth-year player, um, the juniors and ourselves as the sophomores really bonded and really tried to make it 
a positive environment for the freshmen coming in because it's so hard and we wanted to let them know that we could be there for them and we could help them and get them through this transition. And I think that definitely just took our team in the right direction from the start. Yeah, and even you were just mentioning that sophomore junior dynamic because you guys had just about as much experience as they did too. They last year was their first full season because of COVID stuff. You guys were lucky. Both of us got um, a normal year last year. So it's just impressive how you guys are able to come into that. Still sophomores run with it in a good spot for this year. Um, talk about, you guys mentioned it briefly, but the impact this um, incoming first year class has made so far. They are a super talented class. They are. It was really pitching heavy, so we have a lot of new pitchers coming in, which will fill the role of two pitchers that previously just graduated last year. But they are incredible, and they have really taken this team to a whole new level, and I don't think we would be where we are right now sitting in the new MAC without all of them. Yep. I agree. They're insanely talented. They're bubbly. They keep us going. I feel like they had a great transition from just kind of the idea of coming in not knowing anybody. They were great. They did what they could. They joined us in all team events. We really tried to keep that bond really close, and I think it's helped their confidence, and it helped our confidence as a team as a whole. So we're very lucky to have them. Yeah, that's definitely from an outsider's perspective, too. Like one thing that like myself will notice really quick, like out of all of the teams you see around campus, you guys really as a whole group just have like click together. It just works and, I mean, contribute that to all your success too so far. I mean, that's just really huge as a team dynamic. And on the field right now, um, you guys have both been making a big impact. 20 and 12 overall, 8 and 6 in the new Mac. That is very good mark. Season ended today, you guys would be well into the playoffs. Um, so what's your overall assessment of how the season's going so far? I know we guys still got six more regular season games and playoffs, but uh, where are your heads at right now? Uh, from what I see is that we are capable of playing with and competing with any team in the new Mac. There's not one team that is going to outmatch us at all. And any of our losses that have come, they've been really close games and we fought to the end. So I'm excited for playoffs and see what happens because I know that we can hang with just about any team in the new Mac. Yep. No, I agree. Our coach had said something to us at our last game, and she said that our team really needs to stay humble and consistent. And I think that's really great. Um, it's a great mentality, and she's been – great about leading us in the right direction as well um, she knows that we're capable we know that we're capable we just need to put it all out on the field each time and then what's it going to take for you guys for this last week of the season and then going to the playoffs I mean you guys are capable of what's it going to take for everything to just click right there and playing your best softball make a run and maybe win the whole thing who knows I think it is going to be that consistency piece that Grace just mentioned and how it's going to take, you know, the pitching to have, you know, good arms on the day and really step up and hit their spots. And it's going to take us in the field to stay consistent, you know, make the plays that we need to. And when it comes down to the batter's box, just having good at bats and how we call it winning every single pitch. And that's just going to help it all click together and ultimately let us take us far into the playoffs. Yeah, I think we need to make sure we stay loose. Um, keep our confidence up. Um, we know what it's like to go down early and come back, and we know what it's like to be up and lose that lead. So I think we just need to stay the course is what our coach says a lot. And it honestly is what we need, just one pitch at a time, um, either for the pitcher and catcher and for the rest of the team. Jill had mentioned hitting their spots. We do a lot of shifts. We really kind of rely on each other. And it's good to know that if your pitcher is going to get it over the plate, that you're 
infield and outfield can protect you behind. Yeah, I got what two thirds of the outfield here with me right now. Um, <laughs> yes. How did you guys go into college? Know you were going to strictly play outfield the whole time, or yeah, was I high- was <laughs> solely an outfielder when <laughs> I was recruited. So when's the last time either of you played anything but outfield? High school. I play summer ball and I played an inning of infield. That is as okay. much as it gets. <laughs> All right. I, I believe. Freshman year, JV, I did play the infield <laughs> all year long, which is wow, special. that's impressive. It was, um, but I've always been an outfielder and I've always yeah. loved it. So. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure if any of you maybe threw a little bit in high school, got into the circle. No, nah, not no, at all. No. All right, <laughs> ended in twelve U. Twelve U. All right, um, six games this week, guys. Gonna try to pop out if I can. Don't know what the schedule will be like, but I appreciate you coming in today. Good luck the rest of the week. Good luck the rest of the season. I'll be excited to watch it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Grace Tobacco, Jill Rohan, Wheaton Softball. Going to make a run in the new Mac tournament. You heard it here first. And thanks for tuning in to the 12th episode here on the Wheaton Watch. Make sure to check us out next week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.